morning, everybody, and Happy New Year to you. Uh, richest blessings to you and all your loved ones for 2023. So, friends, as you heard Steve saying, once again, I have the privilege of um, delivering this year two of the, the first two messages for New Year. And um, I love it. It's really a blessing for me. Um, thanks, Steve and Jan, for the opportunity. I love it. I love to find out from God the previous, to, towards the end of the year what is in store for me for next year. I want to get excited for uh, 2023. God, what are you saying to me? So a lot of the time what I'm preaching on is actually more for me than for you. <laughs> but uh, it's for all of us, yeah. So, I mean, this year I just really felt clearly God saying that he felt that a lot of us were stuck in one place, um, stagnating a little bit, and um, that he would really love desperately to move us forward into all the amazing things that he has for us for 2023, to move us into exciting and a spacious place. Um, and I felt God saying that it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. Amen. So, you know, friends, no amount of teaching or discipling can move us forward individually or as a church unless we have set our hearts on pilgrimage, unless we are passionate, unless we are thirsty and hungry for the more of God. We're not going to be going anywhere. <laughs> and um, it always takes our initiative and our excitement and our commitment to move into the things that God has for us. We need to be available, put our hands up, step forward, um, and position ourselves in a place where God can come into the picture and do what only He can do. So how can we initiate this process of, of moving forward in 2023? So... I thought it begins with us, and it begins with us asking ourselves some questions. The first question is, God, where am I? Please give me a prophetic picture or a word uh, to show me where I am. The second question would be, what's keeping me here? Why am I stuck? Please give me some vision and help me to find out where I am and why I'm stuck here. And then the next question would be to say, God, how can I best move forward? Um, and then the fourth one would be, God, please give me fresh vision and passion and an excitement to move into the things that you have for me. In short, Habakkuk 2, verse 2 and 3 says this, Ask God for fresh vision. Get a pen and paper and wait for God to speak. And he definitely will speak. And then write down what he says clearly and then run with it. Amen. That's what we want to do for this year of 2023 is we want to run with fresh vision in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week... Um, there were two-part message. Last week I spoke on times and seasons in God. 
that would that that's, that will ha actually help the first two questions of where am I and why am I stuck here, um, and then obviously what I'm going to talk on today is um, it's time to dream again. So just a quick recap of last week about times and seasons. So are you in a winter season right now? And um, if you are, then be still and know that He is God. It may sound like a strange question because for most of us, we are largely unaware of times and seasons, of where we are, or what God is doing in our lives. Uh, but yet our lives are profoundly affected in some way, whether great or small, by the four seasons that we have around us. And if we look at the moment, we'll see catastrophes all over the world that uh, it's a clear picture of how catastrophic the four seasons can actually be in the physical. And um, with that, if we could have a choice and decide which season we'd like to be in, we will always choose the easiest seasons, like summer or spring, the ones that are comfortable, um, the ones that are temperate, and um, for obvious reasons, because we don't like discomfort and pain. And it's the same way spiritually. We we always want to stay where it's most comfortable for us. And so sometimes, irrespective of what God's doing in our lives, okay, whether we're in a winter season or summer or spring, we always generally like to be in summer because summer is the most lacquer season. It's, it's, it's chill, the, all the, the fruits hanging on the trees and everything happens in the right manner, um, Everything seems to fall into place, and that's the season that we like to stay in. But just as there's a continuous change in the seasons around us physically, there's also a change in our spiritual seasons as well. And I can't help but think that um, God gives us this technicolor picture in the natural to make it clear to us um, in the invisible that there are times and seasons. And that those seasons are very critical to our spiritual walk and our spiritual fruitfulness. We're well aware that in certain countries, if we go running out there uh, in the freezing cold, in sub-zero temperatures with a t-shirt and shorts on, uh, and if we're out there for long enough, we will definitely die. And um, it's the same thing spiritually. I mean, um, you know... The spiritual seasons in our lives can affect everything. And they can kill our ministry, they can shipwreck our faith, and they can also uh, really affect negatively the people that we are leading uh, in our lives. If we don't know what season we're in and what season God wants to take us into. And um, we can see this. I mean, the Bible is full of scriptures on times and seasons. And if you look at Matthew 16, 1 to 3, uh, Jesus says, you can interpret the weather, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. And then in 2 Timothy 4, verse 2, be prepared in season and out of season. And so if you don't know what season you're in, how can you be prepared 
or start preparing yourself. And if you're out of season, it doesn't mean that you just sit and do nothing. It's not an excuse for, for doing nothing. In fact, sometimes if you're out of season and in the winter season, it's far more difficult than being in summer because you're introspective and you're hearing what is God saying for my life. Where do I need to make changes? How can I you know, work with God in this season uh, to make sure that I end the season well? Because the way I end this season is the fruit is the seed for the next season. And so I need to know what season I'm in and what God is doing in my life and where God is taking me. And so, what season are you in right now? So just a quick recap of the seasons. Like a winter picture of spiritual winter season is a place where God deals with issues, excess baggage, um, things that are holding us back from moving into the plans that he has for us, things that might cause us to fail in the next season that God wants to rectify. And it's, it's a season where it seems like absolutely nothing is happening. The ground is fallow, but yet we keep sowing and sowing and sowing. But it's just tears and tears and tears. And uh, it, it looks like there's nothing happening out there. But it's not happening out there. It's happening in here. And God is working in us. And he's, and he's, he's putting those tap roots down deeper. And he, he's actually pruning the things off that are hindering us and, and fertilizing. And so that we are ready and prepared for the thing that he has for us. And then for spring. Spring is a time when um, the new beginnings, God releases us into new things that he's called us to. And he's, he, he is clear that we are fully prepared and equipped. And he won't release us into that season until he knows that we're not going to fail. And what, what, what happens like with spring is if you take a, a picture of that, of the, the Israelites moving out of the desert, across the Jordan, uh, you know, into the promised land. In the desert, they had the manna, but the manna stopped the moment they crossed the desert. And they then had to forage, they had to plant crops, and so whatever worked for the last season does not work for the new season. Um, but it's a time of taking ground, it's it's, it's being warriors, renowned warriors, fighting with God. We know we have the victory because our God is with us. And um, we, we take a lot of ground, but there's a lot of fighting and courage and bravery in spring. Summer, as I said, is a pleasant place. Um, you know, it seems like everything that we put our hand to um, is working. And, you know, there's fruit on all the trees and the orchards are just laden and we just walk around picking fruit. Um, and that's why we want to stay there. We don't want to move on because it's a lovely, temperate place to be. But yet, uh, it's the season where we have the least spiritual growth. Winter, on the other hand, is the season that we have the most growth. And then autumn is like a season of uh, completion and of refreshing. Maybe the end of a pilgrimage and weary and tired. Um, we come to a place of springs and... God wants to refresh us and, and we rest. And it's easy to connect with God and to find the Holy Spirit. And it's a place where God starts to whisper new things to us for, for the next season, for what he wants to do. And he starts giving us a glimpse of 
and getting us excited about where He wants to take us in the, in the autumn season. And then we spoke about something that would help to prepare us well, in, you know, to prepare. How do we uh, be prepared in season and out of season? And uh, uh, our times and, um, are in His hands. And we need to know the proper time. A wise heart will know the proper time. And um, God, we will know the proper time when God, um, you know, it's clear because God will send tests our way and we'll, we know when we're passing those tests that actually we are ready for what God wants. And if we're not, then we just ask God and He will show us. And so uh, we then prepare for the future and equip plus prepare plus position equals a release into the new season. So that kind of is really very much last week. And so um, I'm going to move now into what we have for today. Um, so I felt God say, it's time to dream again. What do you say? <laughs> what do you say, friends? Don't you think it's time? I do. <laughs> No one can deny that we've come through a difficult three years of COVID. No one can deny uh, that some of us have been stopped dead in our tracks and some of us have been pushed backwards. But it's understandable. Why? And even if I look at myself and Joe and, you know, in a space of 12 months, we had 40 dear close friends that died of COVID and other tragedies as well. It was like, oh, there's COVID, the, these guys die, and there's a piggyback of a whole lot of other things happening where other dear friends also die. And, you know, you just, it, it's impossible to get closure. And, you know, it's, we're only still dealing with this now. You know, we're trying to get closure now. And I know that that same thing goes for all of you. Every one of us have had our fair share of, of grief in this season. And some of us, like Joe and myself, are still coping, trying, battling to cope and get closure with some of the people that we've actually lost. It's hectic. But 2023 is a new year and a new season. And God wants to move us forward again, friends. It's a new year and it's a new season. Amen. So no amount of teaching or discipling can move us forward as a church or individually unless we decide, listen, I am firmly set on pilgrimage. I am determined to move forward. I'm determined to leave and cleave. I'm leaving behind the past and I'm going to cleave to the amazing things that God has for me. For 2023 and beyond, it's something that we have to determine in our hearts. It's something that we have to set, like it said, Jesus set his face like flint. We have to determine. And, and, and we don't want to get left behind, you know, like the clouds moving on. And, but actually, we desire earnestly, we have a passion, a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. And just a personal, bit of personal testimony. I mean, this, this takes us back, myself and Joe, to the last difficult 
season that we had, very difficult season um, in 2008 and 2009, uh, when the, the, the whole worldwide residential property market crashed. It started in the United States and it went like a pack of cards. And then just before you know it, all around the world, um, the residential property market was missed. And even up here in the Upper Highway area, it still has not recovered. And virtually overnight, we had houses that we put up and uh, ready to sell, and, and, and we couldn't sell them. The banks were refusing to give bonds and loans. Um, and um, there we are stuck. And we have kids at school, kids at varsity, bonds to pay, huge expenses to pay. And then we are caught in the, in the middle of this. And, um, but when we look back today, we are amazed and, let's say, rather perplexed <laughs> at how God did the impossible and brought us through. <laughs> it's still vivid, uh, vivid and very real to us you know, at the moment. And we're still coming through, but we're through. And it's like God, looking back, it's like, oh, how did you do that? It's just incredible. But at the time, it, it really just was not fun at all. And I, I remember myself sitting um, in, in a leather sofa and just staring out the window and, uh, in, my, in, my, in my dressing gown. And uh, day after day, just staring out the window. And, and, and my kids and Gabby coming to Joe and saying, Dad, Mom, what's wrong with Dad? Dad's sitting there every day. Mom sits there and just looks out the window. And really, I mean, uh, my family's tears and prayers and concern and that this debilitating experience um, of just sitting, staring out the window day after day eventually brought me to the end of myself. And I just started weeping, crying out to God and just saying, Lord, where, where are you? What's happening in my life? And uh, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not even going around in circles. I'm not going anywhere. God, where are you? And um, as always, when you ask God questions, <laughs> he answers you. And I immediately felt God saying, you're not going anywhere because you've determined to sit there and wallow in self-pity. Yet, yet I've given you so much. You have dreams, you have visions in your heart, you have so much in your hands, but you're not using any of them. And you've determined to sit there and wallow. And then um, I want, he said, I want you to start dreaming again, to dream big dreams, and start writing down your dreams. Uh, because when you dream, it pulls life back up to the surface, and it brings hope back into a seemingly hopeless situation. And then, I, you know, I was like, I started having this dialogue with God. And it's like, God, how the heck can you tell me? I have to start dreaming big. When I'm, there's just a total mess everywhere I look. It's chaos. And you're saying that I must leave this behind and move forward. How, how can I dream about anything with all this chaos going on? Um, and... God said to me, you need to change your story because your story is not lining up with my story. You change, you, you change your story 
And then I felt God saying that he's my loving dad. And that he gives me permission to dream. Because it's the dreams that will aim you through all the chaos and confusion, I heard God say. And it'll begin to shape, reshape and enlarge your life. I don't want you to be controlled by your circumstances anymore. Or by hopelessness and despair. I want you to be in control over your life. And um, I felt God saying that he's the only one that's able to bring me out of this chaos. So what's holding me back? If I trust him, I need to move on. And so I was like really incredibly excited and enlightened. I ran and I went and grabbed a pen and some paper and I sat down and I just started being introspective and started writing down things, all my dreams that I had and what, what, what I wanted and all my dreams and God and also, yes, my personal dreams as well, you know, and, um, and it was amazing. So, uh, you know, I look back and I see a lot of those dreams have, have, have come to fruition. And some, but some of them are still a dip. Do you know what a dip is? It's a dream in progress, okay? And, and it's a dip because actually it's a hard place, but actually you need to persevere so that that dream will come to fruition. It's just a dip. But actually, God is still busy and I know that God is bringing us into some amazing stuff. But from the time that I began to write those dreams down and hold them up to God, I felt a fresh vision, passion, zeal um, rising up in, in me, a renewed zest that I hadn't felt for a long while. And I realized that just because one thing that I had vision for in my life got stuck and blocked, that it didn't mean to say that I, I, I couldn't dream about and move into all the other things that God has for me. That just because one thing got blocked for various reasons, the economy or whatever, that God said, I've given you so much in your hands. Look. Just as he said to Moses, when Moses was mumbling and moaning, God said to him, what do you have in your hand? And he said, oh, it's a staff. He said, throw it down. And then we know what happened. And I just felt God saying, look at what you've got in your hand. And start dreaming with what you can do, with what you've got, with the resources I've given you, the dreams and visions. And it really, it was just amazing. It was such an eye-opener for me and, and, and so um, liberating. That's the right word. Because, I mean, waking up every morning, not feeling like getting up and, and just having no zeal, no zest for life. How many of us are in that position right now? And if we are, why... Are we living with that? Because that is not what God has planned or purposed for us. That's where the devil wants to keep us. But God wants to move us on. He's got amazing stuff for this season, for every season of the soul. Amen. Yeah, so... Have you got your pen and paper ready? Maybe when you get home... I want to encourage you this evening, get your pen and paper out. Ask God and be ready. And you will see your life will begin to change. That's a promise. 
your life will begin to change. Because the moment you do that and hold it up to God, you're bringing God into the picture and He's going to give you fresh vision and bring life to the surface. And you'll find that renewed, fresh passion and zeal coming into your life. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when dreams come true, it's a tree of life. Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are God's workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We were recreated in Christ. And in God's dreams and in the heart of God, long before we were born. And God prepared exciting things for us to do long before we were ever born. As we sit here right now, we are the new creation. As we sit here right now, we are God's dream. We are God's dream. Come true. Steve, you are God's dream. Come true. Doug, <laughs> you are God's dream. Come true. Um, and God paid a big price for us, eh? for his dream. So God placed dreams in our heart for every single season of the soul. And he placed them there not just for us, but because he's passionate about those dreams. And he wants to live those dreams through us and be with us and have that excitement of doing that stuff passionately with us. Amen. Every dream that he's placed in us is vibrant and it's charged with divine energy. That's what gives us the passion and the grace to pursue those dreams to fruition. The glory of God is a man fully alive. We need to pursue our dreams that God has put in our hearts to be fully alive. Amen. Acts 17 verse 28, For in Him we live and we move and we have our being. We begin to live and move and have our being in Him out of the divine energy that God has placed within that dream vision. And when we do that, we begin to live lives that are much larger than ourselves. Lives that are calling us heavenward and seemingly impossible dreams come true. When we live off our own energy and our own resources, we will find that we are living the most mundane, uninspired, boring lives. Amen. God paid a big price for us. And um, He's still paying a price for us. He had every reason to give up on us, but He never. And so I believe that most of the time, the reasons why um, we think our dreams and vision have not transpired is because we lack perseverance. We, we need to go through that dip. We need to persevere until God brings us through. And if I want to look at a typical example of somebody's life, I'd look at Joseph, Genesis 37 to 50. We know the life of Joseph. One minute he was the special daddy's blue-eyed boy in a technicolor dream coat, and the next minute he was in the slave market in Egypt. But yet... He held on to, despite all the things that happened to him that were not his fault. 
he hung on to and he refused to give up on the dream that God put in his heart. And eventually, when he stood before his brothers and he forgave them and he said, listen, what you meant for harm, God has turned to the good. And today, look, many lives have been saved because I pursued this vision. And let's be honest, it was an impossible dream. But he realized it. What is the impossible dream? The impossible dream is that a Hebrew boy can become the governor of all Egypt. That is what is impossible. That God can do the impossible. Amen. So through Joseph's life story, we can see how he persevered and came through into the fruition of everything that God had planned for him. And so... When we persevere and come through, we give God the opportunity to show that He's able. And we give Him the glory because those are the dreams that He placed in our hearts. We also bring glory to God through legendary, extraordinary lives. We also bring glory to God by not allowing our circumstances to dictate how we live but actually that we are free to live the lives that God has called us to and to see fruition of the dreams that God has placed in our hearts. Amen. So, no matter how big your dreams are, they will never be too big for God. We are the people of God, the prophetic people with a glorious future. There's not much more, much that we can do about yesterday, last year and the years before, but we can do a lot about right now, about this year, and about our future from here on. It can be positively and amazingly impacted by our decisions that we make right here, right now, today. Fresh vision and passion. Waking up in the morning with zeal and a zest to live life to its fullest, and to see God's dreams come to fruition in our lives. 